Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast, powered by Goodwill. The Goodwill Drive to Victory donation drive continued this week at Hoover and Lake High Schools. The two schools combined for nearly three and a half tons of donations, with Hoover winning the challenge to earn the $250 scholarship. The Goodwill Drive to Victory returns in week nine with Perry and McKinley taking part. Look for Goodwill trailers set up at each school throughout week nine to receive donations of clothes and housewares. The seventh Friday of the high school football season is complete, and we are here to break it down for Stark County area teams. I'm Chris Bevan of the Canton Repository, along with Joe Scalzo, Josh Weir, Cliff Hickman, Mike Popovich, and Jim Thomas, so pretty much the entire repository sports department. And uh, it's interesting. Except for Steve. Steve is home asleep, (laughs) getting ready for the big Browns game on Sunday. Um, the the big game tonight, Joe, was yours. McKinley forty nine to twenty eight over Jackson. What uh, what's your initial thoughts on that one? Well, my initial thought is just that you know McKinley has emerged as, as clearly the best team in the federal league, and, and they look really impressive tonight. Just the way they can do damage all over the field. And, um, you know, Elijah Curtis had another big game through for two hundred yards. Kyrie Woody's just such a weapon. I think he had close to 150 yards receiving, and and Lemire Garrett's really kind of added another aspect to their offense the last few weeks, and and he had you know 170 yards and and I think a couple of touchdowns too. So um, you know they're just uh, they're a team that's rolling, and they, they scored 55 last week and, and 49 this week. So you kind of see what what they're capable of doing. Joe, you, you saw McKinley in its opener um, way back when against Harding, and to, to see them now at this point, I mean, what, what where have they improved the most? And I mean, I, I think we knew they were. Uh, had a lot of potential offensively, but now we're kind of seeing it really fulfilled these last uh, these last three or four weeks. Yeah, I mean, obviously their off their offensive line is, is just they're more cohesive. They're firing off the line faster. They're just more dominant, and it's kind of led to them finding some clarity with their run game. Lemire Garrett obviously is the answer that they've they've been looking for, and and it just kind of looked like when they were in their opener, they just looked like a team that hadn't played at the varsity speed for you know yet. And and once they adjusted to that, I think that was kind of the the, the thing they were lacking. They had so many guys that just hadn't played you know varsity you know games because they had so many seniors last year. So. Um, it, it's just a matter of time. And Danny, Dan Reardon, their, their head coach, had kind of told us the whole time, hey, we're going to be good at some point. Well, I mean, they're good. I mean, they're good now. And uh, it's just a matter of whether they're good enough to beat Mass and whether they're good enough to make a you know, run in Division One in the playoffs. But, you know, they're certainly good enough to win the Federal League. We're going to bring in Chris Easterling in a moment here, but we're still going to talk some more about McKinley. What, uh, Joe, looking ahead, what's – What's McKinley got to do to avoid that slide? I know you talked to to them a bit about that uh, after the game that they've dealt with the last couple of years. Yeah, and he, you know, Coach Reardon even said that some of it was just, "Hey, Maslin's been really good, and Perry's been really, really good." Um, Perry probably isn't quite as good as they've been the last few years, and, and they have Glen Oak next week, which is really struggling. So, you know, they can clinch a share of the Federal League next week, and then you know they have something big to play for in Week Nine against Perry, and you know, maybe an outright Federal League title, and and uh, then you have Maslin 
Iceland. So, um, you, you know, it's 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 kind of a, if anything, I don't know if, if playing Glen Oak next week is going to help them a whole lot, but pairing Perry in week nine will and and from there, you know, you just you need to avoid those monster teams in in Division One, Region One in the in the opening rounds, which they've had the last few years and. And uh, you know, if you can get a home game against somebody that's that's not quite as strong as a mentor, um, that's that's really going to work to your advantage. Where do you see Jackson going from here? I, I think Jackson's a pretty solid team. I mean, you know, they got I think they got Central Catholic next week and and Green, so those are two winnable games. And you know, they always struggle a little bit with Hoover, and they, they managed to beat them last year. But you know, I, I don't see a reason why they, they they can't win the next two weeks. And, and certainly, they're capable of beating Hoover, although Hoover's playing really well. So that they could get in the playoffs again. I don't I don't know that they're good enough to make a run this year, but that's another solid season for a team that that lost a lot to graduation and and has really put together you know a, a pretty decent season. Oh, the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio, continues Friday, October 5th, when Hoover hosts Green. Kickoff is 7 p.m. The broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame show. FridayNightOhio.com is live streaming games for the first time this season. Sam Berkwin and Jeff Shreve provide the call each Friday night. And among the other games on Friday night, a good one at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium as Maslin came from behind to defeat East St. Louis by a score of 46 to 40. And uh, we have Chris Easterling from the Maslin Dependent on the line. Chris, how are you doing this evening? Uh, exhausted, but, but good. <laughs> well, can you kind of fill us in on uh, how this game went tonight? Uh, there have been many lopsided games for Maslin this season, and tonight they were really challenged. It was uh, definitely a challenge. In fact, you kind of look at some of the numbers, and you know it's amazing. It's really a testament to the way they kept fighting that they won this game. You know, they're down twenty to seven in the first half. They're down thirty four twenty four in the third quarter. They're down forty to thirty eight with you know less than five minutes to go, and 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 they just sort of you know kind of found the resolve uh, to uh, and made the plays to. Uh, to get the win, not just that, but I think the big thing was they got enough defensive stops late to 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 hold on and 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 secure the victory because uh, you know early on, I mean, East St. Louis ran for 418 yards. They had 538 total yards. So I mean, they were they were moving the football at will against Maslin, but uh, a fumble kickoff and and like I said, two defensive stops on the last two. Flyer possessions was was really big for uh, for the Tigers. Well, Chris, uh, you know, like I said, Maslin had a number of lopsided wins this year. They were challenged tonight. Was this the type of game they needed? Uh, you know, going into the home stretch of the season. Absolutely, this was absolutely what they needed because I, th- I think they really showed as much as they showed over the first six games. I think they showed as much in this game tonight as they may have collectively over the first six because that's a really good football team they beat. They're going to make a lot of noise out in Illinois. They're, they're Illinois the winning this program and, and all that, but they've got a lot of Division One kids. They uh, it, it just really was it was an impressive way to uh, to get a win uh, to go into the home stretch, and especially going into that Week 10 game against McKinley. 
All right, Chris, hey, thanks for taking the time to join us tonight. Moving on in uh, Federal League action tonight, uh, Perry uh, rebounded from uh, last week's loss to Hoover with a 56-20 win over Green. And uh, speaking of Hoover, the uh, Vikings uh, keep rolling on. They defeat Lake uh, tonight by the score of 41-10. We welcome in Jim Thomas. And Jim, what were your uh, thoughts from uh, what you saw out of the Vikings tonight? Man, Hoover uh, is an impressive team, especially offensively. They're just so efficient under uh, Connor Ashby. He uh, he was amazing. He threw 18 passes. 17 of them directly hit the guy's hands, and the other one just barely touched their hands. So he had maybe one pass that wasn't 100% out of 18. He completed 15 passes out of the 18 for four touchdowns and 214 yards. But it's the way he just goes about his business. Um, and he ran the ball efficiently. All four times they touched the ball the first half, uh, they scored. Uh, nice touchdown drives, converted all four of their third down plays. Um, you know, And Lake was just unable to stop him at all. Um, he has nice targets out there. His receivers are talented and big. Uh, Lake coach Dandy George said, you know, their receivers are so much bigger than my guys. Well, um, Trent Graham's 6'5 and almost 200 pounds, and he caught six balls for 116 yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, the Lake defenders were just kind of helpless to, to cover him out there. And then you've got a really determined running back in Adam Grigolu. Uh, he ran for 93 yards and two touchdowns. And his 10-yard touchdown, he ran through at least least four lake tacklers uh, to get into the end zone um you know and so offensively they scored five times in a row against perry last week they scored their first four this week um i saw them in week two against lewisville and they're definitely much better yeah lake going through a real tough stretch here uh uh you know they do have some weapons though especially with cameron martin and running back but uh it looks like Hoover's defense uh, was uh, really up to the challenge tonight. Um, yeah, they had they gained 26 yards on the ground in 24 carries, and Cameron Martin came in averaging 5.4 a carry, and he got 21 total yards tonight. So that's how good the Vikings are up front on defense, which is you know that's how they play on offense, and that's what Brian Baum was really impressed about. Um, he was worried about a letdown after Perry. They were very physical. They came out from the get-go and really smacked Lake around. And it's a big offensive and a big defensive line for them. And, you know, they've got Green next week. And then their last two games are Columbus Hartley, which they lost to last year, and then Jackson, which they barely lost to last year. So right now, um, you got to think that the Vikings at 6 what five and two um, are a definite playoff caliber team? Uh, the uh, the goodwill drive to victory donation drive continues in two weeks for week nine at Perry and McKinley High Schools. Each school will have a goodwill trailer set up to receive donations of clothes and housewares throughout the week. The school with the most donations wins a two hundred and fifty dollars scholarship. Hoover and Lake were the participants in the drive this past week after Jackson and Glen Oak kicked off the donation drive in week six. Hoover won this past week after Jackson won the previous week as the drive is combined for six and a half tons of donations so far. And turning into the Pac-7, uh, you know, Jim, while we have you here, uh, since you follow that uh, league, uh, 
uh, you know, a couple of surprises tonight. Uh, Northwest defeats Manchester 14-12. to um, That snapped a 19-game league losing streak Northwest had uh, against Manchester. And uh, Tuslaw defeats uh, CVCA by a score of 26-20. So things at the, the top of the uh, Pac-7 are kind of shaken up right now. Wow. I, you know, I'm not really surprised that Northwest won. Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised, yes, um, because Manchester is so good. But Northwest has been close, and they really played a good game last week. Um, quarterback Luke Fennell has, has been steady for two years, uh, was our player of the week at the rep this, this week. And um, that they were that they were so physical against Manchester is probably the surprise. Maybe the rain affected their speed a little bit. Um, and I wasn't at the game. It would have been a heck of a game to watch the end of that game. Um, now, Tuslaw beating CVCA, a team that was in the top eight in its region, that's a huge win for second-year coach Mark Gulling. Um, very great win for them. Um, he was concerned about his team getting knocked around defensively and to go out there and beat and really shut down a really good team in CVCA that's got a guy going to Cincinnati and Trey Tucker. Um, that's, that's great defensive effort by them. Uh, in the IVC tonight, uh, uh, a pretty decisive win for Sandy Valley at Strasburg uh, by the score of 55-8. to eight. And in that game, uh, sophomore quarterback Cameron Blair, and you're going to be hearing his name a lot over the next few years. He, uh, he set a uh, Sandy Valley single-game record with 413 yards passing and five touchdowns, and five different receivers caught those uh, touchdown passes. Uh, he already has 27 touchdowns on the season against two interceptions. And the 27 touchdowns uh, is also a uh, a Sandy Valley single season record. And he's done that with three regular season games remaining. Um, Sandy Valley uh, keeps the momentum going heading into what will be uh, their biggest game of the season next week against uh, East Canton, who was uh, also undefeated in the IVC North. Uh, East Canton with a victory over Tusky Central Catholic tonight. Uh, Quarterback Cody Vacco rushing for over uh, 200 yards. So um, East Canton and Sandy Valley, you know, atop the uh, IVC North, and uh, they're going to be playing for a lot next week. Mike, you uh, got to talk to Cameron this week. What were your impressions when you you met with him? And, you know, he's only a sophomore. Uh, Does he carry himself as a guy that's much – much more experience than most sophomores. Well, yeah, I mean, he's uh, you know you would think he's a he, he's a seasoned veteran. Um, it, you know, it it it's a lot. You know, when you get handed the starting quarterback job your your freshman year in high school. I mean, you know, for some kids, you know, your freshman year of high school, whether you're playing sports or not, is a is a, is is a pretty uh, you know pretty you know, big hurdle to climb. So, uh, and he had a great year last year and, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be breaking, well, he's already broken some Sandy Valley passing records and he, you know, he's probably going to have them all by the time he's a, uh, 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 by the time he graduates. So, uh, that position's in good hands and, uh, you know, you know, we'll see what happens next week when they, you know, when he faces uh, uh, East Canton, a team that uh, a team that beat him and his team last year, and um, you know, lots going to be riding along that for in that game. Looking over at the uh, EBC right now, where Marlington Alliance uh, continue to be the teams to beat uh, Cliff each one tonight, three and zero in the league. What uh, what are we looking at in the EBC right now? 
It was uh, kind of a predictable night in the EBC. You had, again, Alliance picking up a 35-16 win over Salem. Cameron Cox, the six foot three linebacker for Alliance, Chris scored another defensive touchdown. It's a fumble return. It's his third of the year. Marlington uh, kept pace with a 49-13 win over Minerva. C.J. Griner threw two touchdowns and ran for another And then in other EBC games, West Branch 21, Canton South 0, Jesse Rastetter, three rushing touchdowns for West Branch in that one. Canton South, really young, really banged up. Still hanging in there, though. Greg Reed is doing an incredible job there to to keep them in the games the way they are. And then because of the odd number of teams, someone's always playing a non-league game in the EBC. Central Catholic 42, Carrollton 6. Warriors offense uh, struggles again. Their only score was a defensive touchdown again, Chris. So that's pretty much a look at the EBC. Marlington and Alliance continue to uh, seem to be on a a head-on collision in that Week 10 game for what may end up deciding the league, barring something spectacular here. Yeah, obviously a lot of big games late for for Marlington when it has West Branch and Alliance back-to-back, bringing in back uh, Joe Scalzo. And one team we didn't mention tonight yet – Louisville, big win at home against Cardinal Mooney. And I think it was you, Joe, that was already looking at the computer rankings. And as big of a win as it was and the surge that Louisville's on, it's, it's not doing them a whole lot of good, uh, at least immediately in the computer rankings. Yeah, we, we talked about uh, just the fact that, you know, the way the Ohio's playoff system set up is you don't get anything from playing a tough team and losing. And I think, you know, what's going to happen to Louisville is they're going to be maybe one of those good teams that doesn't quite get in the playoffs just because their schedule is going to hurt them. I mean, they, they've, you know, they're, they're, that's a good win against Mooney tonight. You know, they, they didn't get much from Urson last week because they're winless, but you know, you're losing to, to Hoover and, you know, Perry. I mean, this, there's nothing wrong with those losses. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting to see because I think that they have a chance of, of winning, you know, next week against South range, they can beat central Catholic in week 10, but they got Maslin in week nine and, and that's a tough challenge, and that's probably a game they have to win to get to get in the postseason. So, um, really encouraged by what we've seen from Lewis for the last couple of weeks, and certainly tonight. But you know, it kind of remains as we've seen if they're just that schedule is going to kind of come back and bite them. A quick look ahead to next week in the in the Federal League, and there's no obvious matchup as far as contenders playing each other. It's more of a week where I think teams have to make sure they don't slip up and lose momentum. Got McKinley at Glen Oak, Green at Hoover, Lake at Perry. As you look at those three games, is there anybody that you say, man, that, that could be a trap game for them? Uh, I, I mean, is that a stretch at this <laughs> point for for the way those teams are all playing? Yeah, I think we kind of were hoping to see a little bit more from Lake the last couple of weeks, and especially you know they, they they showed some stuff last week against McKinley, but um, you know they really weren't that competitive against against Hoover tonight, and I think the the, the touchdown they did get kind of came off a fumble right before the the first half ended, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those weeks that you expect everybody to kind of take care of business as we look forward to, you know, a bigger week in week nine. We'll be talking plenty more about those games on our next podcast. A reminder, the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio for Friday, October 12th, is Green at Hoover. Broadcast starts at 630 with the Old Carolina pregame show. Thanks for downloading and listening to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast powered by The Goodwill, a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. The Goodwill Drive to Victory donation drive returns in Week 9 at Perry and McKinley High Schools after a week off. 
Each school will have a Goodwill trailer set up to receive donations of clothes and housewares throughout the week. The school with the most donations wins a $250 scholarship. Hoover won this week's Goodwill Drive to Victory Challenge. Check back for another podcast Tuesday for Mike Popovich, Joe Scalzo, Cliff Hickman, Josh Weir, Jim Thomas, and Chris Easterling. I'm Chris Bevan. 